In the intro of today's Mass, the choir sang very beautifully, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the protector of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? My enemies that trouble me have themselves been weakened and have fallen. If armies and camps should stand together against me, my heart shall not fear. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. As I was sitting down to read just the other day, I came across a sentence in an article that really struck me. I'm not sure exactly when it was written, to be honest, but the author herself died in 1954, before the changes of Vatican II had occurred. And the sentence read this way, it is estimated that there are four elevations in the Mass, four elevations every second in every 24 hours. So I did the math, and it came out to 240 elevations per minute, 14,400 per hour, and 345,600 for every 24 hours. That many times a day, the Son of God was offered in sacrifice to the Eternal Father. That many times a day, an act of reparation was made to God for the sins of man. That many times a day, think of it, Calvary was repeated. After some 60 years now, of the fruits of Vatican II, not only has that number of true masses been significantly reduced, but the new form of worship that has replaced the true mass is an insult to God that offends his divine heart, mocks his divine majesty, and robs him of the glory that is due to him. And I think, too, that it can be argued, theologically speaking, that the masses of the Society of St. Pius X, which are offered unicum in union with a heretic, do not produce grace, and therefore are an insult to God. Is it any wonder that we see the world in the condition it is in today. We know that rulers throughout history have always rebelled against the reign of Christ, but today we see every government throughout the whole world not only rebelling against Christ's reign, but actively ushering in, knowingly or unknowingly, the reign of the Antichrist. Society has rejected the laws of God, and even the natural law. We see this all the time. And modern culture has become such that a Catholic cannot mix with it, even a little bit, without being infected by it. Is it any wonder that all this has happened? Padre Pio, although he's not a saint, canonized, he is a very holy man, said that 
it would be easier for the world to survive without the sun than to do without the Holy Mass. And St. Leonard of Port Maurice, whose statue is over there, you see him pointing up to heaven, he's holding the skull in his left hand, said, I believe that were it not for the Holy Mass, as of this moment, the world would be in the abyss. But we remaining true Catholics tend to become too pessimistic, I think, about things. And here's why. Because our bold confidence in God is what is lacking. We forget that God, even in these hard times that we are living, living in, is still in control. That his providence is still watching over everything, guiding, protecting those who love and serve him. As St. Therese said, we must have confidence because it is the hand of Jesus that guides all things. But speaking of bold confidence, and another way to put it, holy daring, if you will, do you know the story in the Old Testament of Jonathan and his armor-bearer. At those times, all this can be found in the Old Testament, the Book of Kings. At that time, the Israelites were clamoring and asking God to send them a king such as other countries had to rule over them as in other kingdoms. God granted this request and the whole history, as I said, can be found in the Book of Kings. Now, among these kings was Saul. Oh, and he had his problems, for sure. He hid himself on the very day that he was to be anointed by the prophet. And perhaps he wasn't all that much of a leader for the armies of Israel either. It always seemed that whenever his troops needed him the most, he was too timid to act. He just couldn't find the strength. But on each of those occasions, God raised up some unsuspecting hero for the day. Remember on one occasion that it was David who faced Goliath when Saul wouldn't dare to face the Philistines. And then it was said by all the people, Saul killed his thousands but David, his ten thousands. But even before that incident came that of Jonathan. Saul had been ruling the Israelite armies for about two years now, and he put together an army of 3,000 men. He came up against the Philistines. They had 30,000 chariots, 6,000 horsemen, and then, as Scripture puts it, and the rest of their host, countless as the sand by the sea. In the face of this battle, the Israelites grew so fearful that some soldiers deserted. They hid themselves in thickets and caves. Some of the Hebrews even joined up with the Philistine army. And the rest, the remaining of Saul's army, was dispirited. Saul wasn't moving to do anything against the Philistines. 
And now his army had only 600 men. But at that moment, Jonathan turned to his armor bearer. Now remember all the important men in the army. They had their armor bearer who not only carried the armor, but also fought alongside that person. So Jonathan turned to his armor bearer and said, let's go over to the garrison of those Philistines. It may be that the Lord will do for us because it is easy for the Lord to save either by many or by few. And then we hear the armor bearer say, I love this so much because it shows his spirit of loyalty and of bold confidence. The armor bearer said to Jonathan, Do all that pleases you, thy mind. Go whither thou wilt, and I'll be with thee wheresoever thou hast a mind. So the path up to the garrison of the Philistines was a treacherous one. It was steep. And they had to climb up on their hands and feet crawling. And there were two large rocks, very jagged, so it was very, very dangerous. And all the way up the hill, they were fighting the Philistines, Jonathan slaying the enemies in front of him, and the armor-bearer, the enemies who came from behind. And 20 men were killed by Jonathan and the armor-bearer. But this caused such confusion among the Philistine army that they started fighting among themselves, friend against friend. And then the Hebrews that were fighting alongside the Philistines, well, they left and they came back to Saul's army. And all of those cowardly soldiers who hid themselves in the caves and thickets came and joined Saul so that that he had so many men that his 600 soldiers grew to 10,000. And then Saul went to war against the Philistines. And Scripture says, Thus the Lord gave Israel the victory that day. But it was all because of one man's complete and bold confidence not in himself, but in the power of Almighty God. Now, life is a warfare. We know this. And when you look out onto the battlefield every day, you might just become discouraged, like Saul's soldiers. It might be your battlefield that might discourage you. It might be the state of the church today or the state of the world, family problems, or the temptations, some of them so violent, that come to you every day, or the pressure and the stress and the sorrows that seem to crush you at times. And then there are those moments of weakness when all seems lost and you feel helpless, as if you can do nothing but fear not, our Lord says, fear not, little flock. When you feel the most helpless, the most vulnerable, 
It is not yet the time to surrender, but it is the time to go to Almighty God with a bold confidence. Saint Therese said to her sister Marie, if you are nothing, you must not forget that Jesus is everything. Do you believe this? A bold confidence in God's help, in God's providence, in God's grace will always lead the way to a great victory no matter what your battle is today or tomorrow or the next day. For in the words of the introit, the Lord is the protector of my life. If armies in camp should stand together against me, my heart shall not fear. May God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.